Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're multitasking. But what if you could also be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. So multitask right now. Get your quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Tua, 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 Tua. I'm a fellow lefty quarterback, right? So you were a dying breed. <laughs> You're like our last hope, man. <laughs> You're looking for a quarterback coach. He's the man. You're the man. Uh, I'll, I'll do it. <laughs> How much money you want to give me? <laughs> I'll leave him in a second and come train you. I'll do it in a second. That was a year ago in Miami, the city that Tua Tonga-Vailoa ended up playing football in. Uh, my gosh, a lot's happened in a year, but oh. here he is with us Mike. again. Tua, what? Mike, he's probably like, why do I want you to coach me in anything? You're What the hell are you going to coach <laughs> me with? <laughs> uh, uh, Tua, how are you, buddy? I'm doing well, guys. Thank you guys for having me. You know, when we think back to last week, week of the Super Bowl, we had you. We got to see some of your family members down there. When you reflect back on the past year, how do you think you've personally changed the most? Well, I, I'd say from a football standpoint, I've, I've changed um, a lot as a player, um, you know, because a lot more um, is expected and you, you got to do a lot more on your own. Uh, whereas in college, uh, that, that wasn't, the case you know you, you had your coaches uh, kind of guiding the way for you and um, you also had schoolwork to deal with uh, in the NFL you don't necessarily have schoolwork <laughs> you know and I hear that from time to time and it makes a ton of sense like you've got actually a lot more free time at the NFL level because when you're done, you're done. You're left to your own devices. You have to decide how you're going to budget the rest of your day. When are you going to spend time studying your playbook? When are you going to spend time studying film? Are you going to get an extra workout in? Are you going to maybe do things that are going to distract from your ability to be ready for work the next day? It takes a lot more discipline than it does when you're in college. I agree. Uh, I would I would say yes to that point. Um because you definitely have a lot of downtime in the off season, um, you know, and you just got to find ways uh, to keep yourself busy, whether that's, uh, you know, spending more time with your family during the off season, um, you know, doing things to help get your body right for this upcoming season. So, um, you know, for me, this is my first true off season. Um, and uh, I'd say, at this point, I'm 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 enjoying it right now. But starting next week, uh, we get right back into things. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I mean, two of that. I'm I'm interested. I was in your shoes once, that rookie, where I'm going. Wait, practice is over. We had our last meeting. It's time to go home, right? And then I look at like Brad Johnson, who's the starting quarterback, and he's going into the meeting room and doing those things and like going to watch more film. Who? What? What was that moment to you where you were like, "Oh wait, you know, was it Ryan Fitzpatrick? Did he teach you the way, or did you just see him hanging out in the facility and said, wait, I better hang around too?'" How did that all shake out? Yeah, I I actually seen um, Ryan a good amount of times after meetings were done. He'd go into another meeting room, you know, by himself, and you know, I'd pop in and ask him what he'd be doing. And he'd tell me, pull up a seat and, 
really he just talked me through his thoughts um, on you know how he tries to break down the film in practice and how he tries to break down defenses. So to that point, Ryan Ryan has helped me tremendously. Um, you know, with doing things on my own and also you know knowing how to study the film. You know, too. I remember talking to you after one of your first few starts. It was one of the victories, and and you you said to me that you were surprised that it wasn't as difficult as you thought it was going to be. There weren't as many different looks as you thought you would see. Did that change once you created more film and defenses could get a better feel for what you were doing? Did it get more complicated? Did you see more looks? Well, I guess. Uh, that that was kind of taken out of uh, context. And I think um, what I kind of meant to say was, you know, our coaches made it easier for me, like going out there because of the preparation they had with the scout defense. You know, I think the scout defense did a great job um, and helped prepping me. You know, our coaches did a great job as well. Um, I didn't necessarily mean that the NFL was, was easy and, and that it'd be a breeze, um, you know, going against all these defenses. Um, I mean, all these guys are really good. Um, so, you know, every time you got to bring your A game and you just got to expect the unexpected. <laughs> yeah, no, there's no doubt. That's part of playing quarterback. Um, I, you, you know, we're fellow lefties. We know that. I want to know some of the stories because I'm sure this happened. It happened with me. You start to throw balls on the first day of training camp and everyone going, whoa, whoa, wait, that ball's different. Let me catch a few. Like, was it a huge adjustment for the receivers getting used to the lefty on the roster? I'd say the receivers did a great job. They, 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 they weren't complaining about anything as far as the rotation of the ball. Um, you know, maybe the center, maybe in the wind, maybe in the wind, the ball can can get picked up a little bit and, you know, shift uh, one way uh, than the other. But other than that, I, I heard nothing from the receivers. Um, you know, they they'll even tell you that, you know, you got to catch the ball regardless if it spins right or if it spins left. With Ryan Fitzpatrick, you seem to handle very well the reality that your head coach, Brian Flores, would, whenever he felt like it was the right thing to do, put him into the game. I mean, you've got a teammate, but there's inherent competition. How did you manage that? Because you seem to handle that, like I said, extremely well when, when it would happen that the coach would decide to make a change during a game. Yeah, well... You know, I, I think as a quarterback and as a leader of, you know, the team, you know, the you you have the best interest for the team. And, you know, I, I would say the same thing with our coaching staff, especially with Flo. He has, you know, the best interest for the team. And, you know, if I can't get the job done, someone else can, you know, that's that's just the way it's going to – that's just the way the cookie's going to crumble. And, you know, Flo – thought that uh, Fitz would give us a better opportunity in those moments, which Fitz did um, in the Las Vegas game, you know, and it was also good le learning moments for me too, um, to be able to watch, you know, instead of always hearing what Fitz has to say, um, being able to actually uh, see him go out and do it. So that was pretty cool. I'm amazed with how you handle adversity. I really am. Just like with that question right there with Mike Aston about the Fitzpatrick, you know, you always seem to keep a smile on your face and everything. And now you got to hear like, oh, Deshaun Watson to the Dolphins and all that. How do you compartmentalize all that and always stay so positive, Tua? Well, I, I think a lot has to do with, um, you know, my faith. Like I, I talk about my faith a lot, um, you know, but and anything that, that goes, goes around, you know, that. I mean, I, I can control what I can control. And, you know, my focus is just trying to get better um, with this year one to year two jump and trying to be, you know, the best version of me that I can be for the Miami Dolphins. What's your specific focus, Tua, going into year two? What, give me something tangible that you're working on to try to take your game to the next level going into your second season. I'm sorry, could you repeat that again? Sure. 
Give me something tangible you're working on as you try to take your game to the next level going into your second season. Yeah, I I would say that, you know, more so pre-snap versus post-snap, um, you know, reads with the defenses and then also getting better with um, my pre-snap operations as far as uh, communication up front with the guys, with the line, um, you know, redirecting protection, you know, and just seeing the field a lot better and being more comfortable in the back there. Yeah, is that like what, what was the biggest hurdle for you? Was it the physical adjustment to the NFL as far as like, ooh, the windows are smaller and I still got to throw this, this is open? Or was it more of the mental gymnastics of, man, learning the, the playbook and getting in and out of the huddle and all the checks? What, what did you find more difficult? I I definitely say the mental gymnastics of of the game, um, you know, just trying to compartmentalize everything um, with the playbook, and then understanding where everyone goes, the snap count, the play clock, just everything going yeah. through your mind, and uh, just you know trying to work as uh, you know hard and as efficient as possible uh, to make this year one to year two jump. You know, Tui, you talked earlier about how much more time uh, of your time was consumed when you were in college. And I think what made your first year in the NFL even more glaring, the pandemic, no offseason program. Do, do you ever wonder how much different your rookie season would have been if you'd have had that on-field prep that you just didn't get going into your first season in the NFL? Well, sometimes uh, things don't always work out the way they're supposed to, um, you know, and I, I, I wasn't the only uh, rookie, you know, playing without, uh, you know, a, a normal, what a normal NFL year would look like. Uh, so, you know, we, we, all of us rookies this past year have been given the same really slate, you know, we all been given a clean slate and, uh, some of us made the best of our opportunities and some of us didn't. And, you know, I'd say I need to do a better job um, making uh, good use of my opportunity. What, what, you know, one thing we haven't talked about, and I didn't really hear you talk about it much during the year. You know, you got drafted. We knew your health wasn't at 100%. I doubt you were at 100% feeling normal at the start of training camp. Like, where are you right now in that, you know, area as far as before the injury? Do you feel like, man, I'm totally back, totally normal, hitting on all cylinders? I'd say physically and mentally, I, I'm, I'm back. Um, you know, I, I think it's, it's a continuing process of, you know, stretching, um, you know, just strengthening, you know, the parts around the hip and, you know, just continuing to get better, stronger, faster. Um, you know, and, and hoping to be uh, a lot better this upcoming season. Hey, Tua, tell us what you have going on with Truist Bank. Yeah, so, um, you know, I'm really excited to be working with Truist, uh, who recently announced that they're an official retail bank um, of the NFL, uh, which is cool because, um, you know, the reason I'm working with them is we have a shared passion and, um, like our, our shared passion is inspiring and building better lives and better communities. And so today I'll be launching my Tua Foundation, awesome. uh, which is focused on youth initiatives, uh, health and wellness and other charitable causes. And uh, Truist is one of the partners who is helping to make a meaningful difference with that. So thank you. Well, that's great, great stuff, too. Hey, one more before we go. I saw Ryan Fitzpatrick talking this week about wanting to play next year. Do you want him to come back, or are you kind of ready to say, I I've got this, I don't need to have a relief pitcher? Yeah, well, I think I, you know, I, I've learned a tremendous amount from Ryan. Um, you know, he's he's a great person, and you know, I think we'll continue to have this strong relationship, uh, whether he comes back to Miami or whether he he doesn't. Um, you know, but I, I've learned a tremendous amount, and I know that he's someone that I can always call uh, throughout the season or throughout the year. All right, hey, Tua, great seeing you. As always, all the best to your family and all the best as you get ready for year two in the NFL. Thanks for some of your time. Thank you guys very much. See you, Appreciate Tua. It. Good luck.
There right. he is. Bye-bye. To a tongue by Loa. Yeah. I, well, that was a I good love, question, love, that last one you asked. Guy. Yeah, that was a good question, though, because, I mean, no, he doesn't I want. know how I would he feel. He doesn't want I know Ryan how I would Fitzpatrick. Feel. But, right, he wants hey, what. Hey, Ryan, Ryan, I love you, but you got to go. Right. He wants what <laughs> most starting out of rookie top 10 quarterbacks. He doesn't want a guy yeah. breathing down his neck and doing that. You know, there, there is something to that. So that'll uh, that'll be interesting to watch and what Miami does do in that whole situation. And I respect him so much for handling that aspect of it the way that he did. Could you imagine some of the other guys we've seen over the years? Some of the guys who come in with that mentality that they're entitled, that this is my job. I think of a Ryan Leaf. How would Ryan Leaf have handled having a, a veteran quarterback who's been around forever right. tapping him on the shoulder saying, I've got it from here? Um, so uh, he, he really did handle himself well. And I think going through that adversity and that kind of maturity and that attitude, it's going to serve him well down the road. Yeah, I agreed. I mean, it's battle tested, it's hardened, you know, certainly. And that will help him, you know, having to deal with this adversity, everything about that. And, you know, I do think that's a real aspect too, that we, we, we hit on a little bit. And I wish I wanted to follow up a little bit and just go, like, where were you exactly this year? Because it sounds like he was still involved in some of the maintenance of his hip and dealing with those issues. I doubt he was totally 100% the Tua before the injury this season. So be interesting to see what strides he makes physically and if he looks a little different that way next year too. Hey, they've got a great team, and yeah. and he does have to deal with whole, this whole Deshaun Watson thing. I, know. I mean, you know, it's hey, if look, th this this was the this was the the weirdest one for us because we both really like the kid. He's in a tough spot. Yes, he. You is. can't ignore the elephant in the room, right? And and I remember when I saw the list of of all of the people were going to have this week. It's like, man, I, I, I admire him for stepping into the fray because he did a bunch of different shows. He was on with Dan Patrick. I mean, when you do this, you are in the meat grinder. And when your name's in the news, not for reasons that are ideal, not because you were the offensive rookie of the year, you had a great season. No, you got, you got benched a couple of times. Yeah. Now you have Deshaun Watson hanging over your right. head. I'll tell you what, just, just this experience it's going to be a character builder for him. Yeah, you're right. It is. It's, you know, it's part of the NFL. And I know we look at the superstars and, you know, how awesome it is to be a starting quarterback superstar in the NFL. But, man, the rest of these quarterbacks are, are fighting for their lives for the, for the most part. Um, but it, it is going to be. You're right. It's, it's a, it's, he's going to have to answer some tough questions. It's going to be tough questions because of what we talked about all year, right, Mike? I mean, hey, there was three quarterbacks taken in the top ten. He was the second of three, I think. And we're, again, I'm, I want to clarify this. We're rooting for Tua. I like the guy. But he was clearly third. He was clearly third out of the three quarterbacks that were taken in the top ten. And when that happens, you know, yes, the microscope goes on and people focus it even more to go, wait, what the hell went on here? Why is he not as good as we thought? And he's got to deal with that right now. Yeah, and, look, it did not help him at all that Justin Herbert was taken immediately after him right. one spot later and became an instant superstar, yeah. high level. You already got him in your top 10, right? Right. Yeah. I mean, Justin Herbert is already, uh, you know, he's, he's in the conversation with one of the five best pure passers in football already for my money for some of the things he did there. You know, he is extremely talented, superstar level type talent. He really does. And, um, uh, yeah, it was good for Justin Herbert, but yes, that puts more pressure on Tua and, and his situation. Speaking of superstar-type talent, Whoa. our next guest joining us now. We're doing the hot change, not even a break. Boom. We're going straight to it. Calais Campbell, there he is. Calais Campbell, on, welcome back. How, How are you, man? What's up, big oh, guy? Man, doing great. <laughs> hey, what kind of memories do you have this week? You know, it's easy to forget that you were on that Cardinals team the last time the Super Bowl was in Tampa, rookie year, Arizona Cardinals, Pittsburgh Steelers. When when you get ready for the Super Bowl, what's the big memory that comes back to you from that experience? Oh, man. Uh, I mean, that game was such a fun time. The whole week really leading up to it. You know, when I was young, I really couldn't appreciate it the way I would now. Uh, but I did enjoy it. I, I uh, you know, the older head, the old guys on the team made sure us young guys understood how big of a moment that was. Uh, but, you know, the, the memory still is always uh, was that toe down. Was, was it Centennial Holmes get his toe down or not? You know, 
And, uh, you know, obviously, uh, you know, you got to deal with whatever they called it, you know, but part of me is like, oh, I still don't think that toe was down. <laughs> it, it, I don't know either. I'm not sure either way. All right. So we're on that conversation too. I mean, you hit on the Cardinals. Yeah. You played for Bruce Arians too. And I mean, he looks like he's a lot of fun. Just give us, you know, like Mike said, your thoughts. What's the first thing that comes to your mind when you talk about Bruce? Yeah, I mean, he's a great coach, you know, a player's coach. You know, he's one of those guys who will come in and, you know, you're going to work hard, but you're going to have a good time along the way. And, uh, you know, I mean, uh, he's a great eye for talent. And then bringing in, you know, uh, Tom Brady, I remember uh, talking back this offseason with one of my best friends who's a big football fan. And uh, we were talking about where Tom Brady was going to land. And I'm like, man, if he doesn't go to Tampa Bay, I, I don't, I, you know, I'd be very surprised because Tampa Bay, and they, they have the coaching, they have the players, you know, the weapons. I mean, just you can't really miss. And uh, he was th he was big on him going him going to the Chargers, you know, which I, I guess was always a possibility as well. Uh, but uh, it's kind of cool to, uh, to to see Tom Brady do what Tom Brady does. And you know, I mean, I didn't know he was going to be in the Super Bowl. I knew there was always a chance, but wow, man, right. this guy's spectacular. You went from Arizona to Jacksonville, then Jacksonville to Baltimore last off season. What what was the biggest difference between playing for the Ravens and playing for the Jaguars? I mean, uh, this year was a, a unique year. Uh, and so it kind of, you know, took away some of the the natural, uh, you know, like, I mean, the thing I like about being in Baltimore, uh, I feel like the locker room, uh, you got a lot of a mix of old vets and, uh, and young guys with talent who love the game of football. And, uh, you know, uh, you can tell that uh, there's a standard of, of just, you know, hanging out outside the locker room that, you know, I kind of missed this year because of COVID. Uh, but, uh, you know, uh, I think the, the cool thing about Baltimore is just, uh, you know, the, the, the standard of excellence that they, uh, they set forth. And I mean, that's nothing against Jacksonville was a great place. I, I love my time in Jacksonville. You know, uh, the Duval fans showed me all kinds of love. You know, I have uh, nothing but respect and my time in, in Jacksonville was great. You know, uh, in both places, you know, I mean, honestly, just play the game of football anywhere you play it at is, a, is definitely a, a dream come true. And, uh, you know, I'm honored every time I get to suit up and play a game of football. Yeah, I mean, I know you love the sport. I am like, I want to piggyback off that question a little bit because there does seem to be that aura in Baltimore of this, you know, this just tough culture, personalities, all of that. Like, who do you give credit for? The, their ability to, to, to get guys like that? Or is it John Harbaugh a great, you know, motivator? Who gets the credit for that culture there in Baltimore? Yeah, you know, it's kind of funny when you think about like the defense, you know, uh, right. and just that, that toughness, uh, you know, yeah. I mean, it really is. That's what you, you know, as a player, you always try to establish a standard of excellence and then you want it to be passed down. And to me, like, uh, you know, uh, in Jacksonville, that was what I was trying to, to trying to establish is like, all right, there's a you know a way we're doing things, you know, where we're going to go out there and uh, sacrifice for one another, you know, play with a stream effort. And you kind of see that mentality. And then I get to Baltimore and you're like, wow, you know, uh, this is this is on the backs of, you know, the Ray Lewis's, you know, uh, Tony Saragusa's, you know, uh, just the guys who, you know, that, that started and paved the way and, and won that 2000 championship and uh, and just carried on. You know, you see that it's kind of, you know, they, they you have a lot of guys who've been here for a long time, like Jimmy Smith. Uh, who can who, who play with the greats and tell you like yo this is the way things are done around here you know uh, and you know Pernell McPhee and so I think it's it's just a standard of the people got that, that are here that have been here for a long time that right. kind of show you the way of doing things in Baltimore. You guys had some extreme adversity with the COVID outbreak in late November, the losses that kind of knocked the team off balance, but you really turned it around going into December. What was the spark? What was the thing that, that really put the Ravens on that track where they just kept winning and winning and winning every week? Well, I mean, back against the wall, you know, need to win to get in. Uh, you know, I mean, we had some success early. Then we had just a rough patch. And then we came out knowing that I, for us to get to the playoffs, we got to win. You know, we got to win it all. And so there was no, there was no tomorrow. You know, the playoffs started early. And, uh, you know, we did what we had to do to get in. And, you know, it just seems like, you know, I feel like, uh, you know, uh, the divisional round, you know, I feel like we, we, we uh, you know, we should have won that game, but we didn't. You know, they did, uh, the Buffalo did enough to win it. You know, they, they made the plays, you know, we didn't. But, you know, there's no, uh, you know, you don't want to make excuses. You know, it's one of those things where even though uh, you feel like we could have been the better, you know, we, we were the better team and we could have won that ball game, you know, we didn't. They beat us, you know, and hats off to them, you know, and it just it gives motivation for next year. 
you know, but as you, as we know, uh, this game, you know, it's always changed, you know, you don't even know who's going to be here next year. So, you know, it's just how it goes, but, you know, I feel like uh, the, the front office, they do a really good job bringing the right people. And I'm confident we're going to have a team that's going to be uh, competitive next year and have a chance to win it all, especially with Lamar at, at, at the helm. Yeah, no doubt about it. I mean, it seems like you guys got a lot of pieces in place. All right. I want to do something like personal to you because I'm sick of this. I've been fighting this good fight for a long time. Like defensive ends like you never get the credit they deserve. There's never all enough all pros, Hall of Fame appearances because you don't have sacks. I've been a fan. I need you to back me in this. In a stat called F up the play, right? Okay? You know what I mean, right? Because how many times have I watched you in your career take a double team on and throw one guy away, and now the running back's got to go somewhere else and somebody else gets to tackle, but you ruin the play. I mean, don't you think something, something needs to be done with guys like you and Richard Seymour? You, can you get behind me on this? Oh, most definitely, man. I'm hoping Richard Seymour gets into the, fan, the Hall of Fame this year, you know, uh, I mean, he's a guy, you know, who kind of, you know, he paid the way for his big guys who just messed stuff up. I mean, we, you know, uh, we we call FSU, you know, uh, and just messed stuff up. Oh, you know, FSU, uh, I like that. Yeah, I'm going to you know, use that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, but that's just that's how it goes. I mean, to me, like, I don't care about actually making the stat. I just want to make sure the play is affected and we win the ball game. We get off the field. So, you know, I'm always cool with my linebacker making plays or the, you know, the, the, the guy next to me making plays, you know, it's just about, you know, setting a new line of scrimmage and, 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 and just create, we can have it in the backfield. Yeah. We're going to take care of that. We're going to get you the credit you deserve. Yeah, I, I still like F the play up. I still like F the play up better than mess stuff up, but at least mess stuff up well, is something know, that can be used in, in mixed company. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hey, uh, you caught my attention, Calais, talking about the the divisional round game against the Bills because I think some people would listen to what you said and say, that was 17-3. to Come on, it wasn't close. But, I mean, you watch that game closely. It did feel like you guys were giving it to Buffalo. And, and uh, you know, what from from the sidelines, from the field, what what gave you the sense that, that you guys maybe were the better team that day or at least potentially in position to emerge victorious? Yeah, you know, uh, I feel like, uh, you know, obviously uh, the game didn't go the way we wanted to. And, you know, you look at 17 to three and it's like, wow, you know, that's a 14 point loss. That's a blood in the NFL. But you think about, you know, just when you look at the, the, the flow of the game, I mean, it was three, three at halftime. And, you know, really, you know, um, <clears throat> you know, uh, it was a really windy day and there was, you know, a lot of things that can be factors, but, you know, uh, you know, we drove the ball and, and didn't get points, you know, when we were in position to get points uh, three times, you know, in that first half. And uh, on, on defense, you know, um, you know, uh, you know, we we, uh, we we really only have given one drive when they got to the red zone that first half. And then that first drive coming out of halftime, and they drove the field and, and, and scored a touchdown, you know, and it was like, you know, one play here, one play there. Uh, that would have changed the whole ball game, but you know, I think you know, two drives that we really uh, that we gave up, you know, that you know we made, let them make a play, wish to play here, play there. We wish we could have back, uh, but it just it seems like, you know, uh, it's just one of those days where what could go wrong went wrong. You know, uh, the ball didn't bounce your way. You know, it just wasn't your day. It wasn't meant to be. Yeah, that, yeah. I mean, you're right. It was ten three, and you guys had the ball at the seven yard line going into score. I mean, it was a lot closer than the final score looked. All right, I, we've asked you about, you know, Bruce Arians, the Cardinals, all that. I got to ask you about, you know, the other guy playing this weekend. You've had experience. Mahomes, just give us the, the Patrick Mahomes experience. What, what stands out, you know, about him when you play against him? Oh, yeah, man. I mean, he's, uh, you know, to me, he's just such an incredible talent. You know, uh, he's, he beats you with his mind as well. You know, he, he, he understands all the pre-snap, uh, you, know, uh, you know, where your weaknesses are going to be. You try to disguise, but, you know, he's real good at seeing it. And his hard count is ridiculous. So it's you know, really hard to disguise. Right. Uh, you know, and, uh, and then uh, even when you have the perfect play drawn up and you beat your man clean or you come scot-free, he just drifts and finds a way to buy time for his guy to get open puts the ball right on the money. I mean, uh, you know, he, he's definitely an incredible talent and he has the playmakers around him that, allow him, that lets him use his talent to the highest level. So, you know, uh, I, I love going against him because, you know, I, I love competing against the best. It brings the best out of me, uh, you know, but he's definitely, uh, you know, there's a reason why he's always in the big game. Calais, the AFC Championship game threw some water on this talk, but going into that game, I was hearing from a lot of people around the NFL, as was Chris, that maybe the gap between Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen isn't that great. You played both of them. H how big of a gap is there between those two quarterbacks right now? 
Um, I mean, Josh Allen is a great quarterback. I think he has a great potential. He's young, uh, but he's talented, you know, uh, but I think Patrick Mahomes is, uh, is, is, is uh, you know, he's, it's, it's a diff- there's a difference. There's a, there's a gap there still, you know, and uh, maybe Josh should close it as he continues to develop and, and, uh, and, and grow as a player. But, you know, Patrick Mahomes is a whole different level. I mean, he's, uh, you know, he, he's up there, you know, on Tom Brady level, in my opinion. And, uh, and that's, you know, Tom Brady in his prime, even though Tom Brady's always in his prime, you know, he doesn't yeah. really fight. Yeah. <laughs> He doesn't lose his prime. No, we we got you. We got you. You're right. Mahomes is special. That is certainly. I mean, I have no problem calling him the best player in football right now. You, I want to ask you one fun fun question. I think I've asked you this before, but I it doesn't get old because you're one of the biggest humans I've ever seen in my life. All right. At what age? All right. Well, I want to know. Like, wh- when did you know you were freakishly bigger than the rest of the kids? <laughs> uh, well, I've been six eight since I was fifteen. You know. <laughs> Uh, but, uh, that, that kind of gives me, uh, uh, so, uh, I've always been like intimidating, you know, people turn around, they see me, they look up and they're like, you know, just naturally scared. So I've always kind of tried to be a really nice guy, uh, <laughs> but you know, it was always in my nature anyway, you know, uh, you know, just want to, you know, do you know, help people and stuff. And so, you know, it's kind of cool, uh, just this last year being the Walter Pay man of the year, you know, uh, and just, you know, represent it, you know, uh, you know, just, you know, from here uh, with Nationwide and what the NFL has done with the, that award and making it so prestigious, you know, I just got to say, man, uh, you know, this has been an incredible ride, man, and uh, more motivated than ever to try to do good things in the community. You know, and being a big guy, I feel like that's like a, a natural thing. Like, you know, you have to want to go out there and, and make your presence felt every time, whatever you're doing. And so it just as well as doing stuff in the community on, on the football field. And so, you know, with the Walter Payton the Year Award, man, that was a, a, a great joy of mine this last year representing the NFL. And uh, I got to give a shout out to Nationwide, man, because they've done a great job. So I'm going to do this one time for y'all. Nationwide is, is on your side. side. Yeah, love Good. it. I love well it. Well done. Well done. <laughs> hey. Calais, the the thing that I like most about the Walter Payton NFL Man of the Year Award is that that patch that only the guys who've won it right. have. What did it mean to you to have that patch on your jersey this year? Uh, I mean, everything. You know, uh, I feel like it's the most prestigious award in sport. You know, and for me, like it represents you know not only what you do on the field but what you do off the field. And you know, um, uh, you think about the people who, who wear the patch. I mean, this year you only had J.J. Watt. Larry Fitzgerald, Drew Brees, and myself—like that's a, that's a, that's a crazy uh, uh, group of people to be around, you know. And so, um, you know, it felt good to be in that uh, uh, you know uh, exclusive uh, you know uh, group of people, uh, you know. But it, honestly, it's just it motivated me to want to live up to that standard each and every day. Last one for you: If you were six eight when you were fifteen, how old did fifteen year old or how tall? did 15-year-old Calais Campbell think he was going to be? Because you must have thought you were going to be 7'5". <laughs> you know, uh, it's kind of funny because I, I remember growing and I was like 13. I was probably like uh, six feet already. And uh, my dad and uh, the doctors were probably like, you know, I think you're going to stop growing. You know, don't expect to be too tall because, uh, you know, I mean, that's what happened with, with him, you know. So I was thinking maybe 6'2", six, 6'3". Six, and then, you know, I started hitting my head on doorways and realized I was a little taller than that. <laughs> so... Here I am, six eight. But when I got six eight, I didn't, I didn't expect to grow anymore. You know, so I mean, I didn't even realize I was six eight until after a while. All right, well, it's great stuff, Calais. Congratulations again on being the defending Walter Payton NFL Man of the Year, and uh, congrats on all your success. We look forward to talking to you again real soon. Always a pleasure, man. Thanks for having me. See you, Calais. There he is. Awesome stuff from Calais Campbell. We're going to take a break. When we return, one of the candidates for this year's. Walter Payton, NFL Man of the Year. Shaq Thompson of the Carolina Panthers is going to join us right here on PFT Live. We'll be right back. Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. The legends are true. Overwhelming power. The sauce of destiny. Yes! 
The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. I think it's a testament to, to Coach Rule and his staff of the development that, that I got to see, uh, just being able to watch. Um, you know, obviously you don't want to watch, but uh, being able to see guys like Jeremy Chen get better all year, uh, guys like Derek, Derek Brown get better all year, and, and, and to see the hunger that, that, you know, even when we knew we weren't going to the playoffs, uh, you know, we had guys who, who never quit. And I think that's the sign of a, of a good team when you're vets and when, you're, when your young guys are, are, are there for the same reasons. Christian McCaffrey, first-round pick of the Carolina Panthers in 2017. Joining us now, the Carolina Panthers' first-round pick in 2015, linebacker Shaq Thompson. Shaq, welcome to the program. How are you, buddy? I'm doing good, man. Thanks for having me. How about yourself? Doing hey, good. we're doing great. We're doing great. Great to see you. Great to have you on the program. And, you know, 2015, that was the year the Carolina Panthers made it to the Super Bowl, and here we are, Super Bowl week. What's the one thing that stands out to you when you reflect on Super Bowl 50 and that entire experience, that entire season, getting to the Super Bowl and playing in it? Uh, just the commodity and the culture of the guys um, and just playing each and every week. You never know if you're going to win or lose and just coming in here, focus on one week at a time. Then getting to the big stage, you see all the all the just like the cool stuff they got at the Super Bowl, all the media, all the events, all the just like an experience. So that, that's what I miss, and hopefully we get back there soon. Yeah, definitely, man. I mean, it looks like you guys are building something there, certainly. Now, 2015, you're the rookie. You're learning. Luke Keekley's there. Now this year it was a new experience like for you, I, I think at least. What, what was life like as a linebacker without Luke Keekley next to you and you kind of the QB of the defense? Um, it, it was a little different because uh, – after that year, I was looking forward to playing with Luke uh, this year and then found out that he retired. So it was just like, boom, all, everything's on you now. So, But I, I was very – I was taught very well from Luke, from Thomas, on how to become a leader on and off the field and how that role is just – it stays in the standard of the linebacker room. And so I, I was prepared for that, and they got me prepared for it. You know, I remember that Luke Keekley retirement, Shaq. It was a lightning bolt for all of us. Did you have any idea it was coming? Nah, I had no idea. And the funny thing was, I was, I was on a plane and Luke was like, yo, I need, I'm going to call you. And I was like, man, I'm on a flight. Then I got by internet and I seen it. Luke Keekley retired. I was like, dang, I just brought tears to my eyes on the plane. Because I was, like I said, I was looking forward to him and, uh, and I was ready to go. You, 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 a lot of adjustments. I mean, you had Ron Rivera. Now you get a guy that comes out of college and Matt Rule. Just talk about him and kind of like his stamp that he's put on the organization. Uh, he came in and, and put a great mark on us. Uh, we talked about the process and, and the stuff that we want to build and, and the culture that we want to build here. And he's done a great job just improving myself uh, of it and all the young guys that just getting, getting better and believing the process of what this new culture is around here. And, um, and I'm, I'm, all, I'm all for it. It was funny, that first draft with Matt Rule, every single selection was a defensive player. What was your reaction when you saw that? Uh, it's above my pay grade, but uh, <laughs> they, they knew what they were doing. Um, they, they know the ins and outs of, of the stuff. Uh, they know we needed help on defense, and you know what? They went out and went to go get his help. I know those guys that you're showing right now, they all contributed, and they all gotten better each and every week. Well, yeah. And you know the best part about that? Hang on. The best part about that? You look at that graphic? Not a single LB. Yes. Every exactly. other level except <laughs> yours. <laughs> well, you, you could consider Chen as an LB. LB safety. Yeah. You, know, you put him down as hybrid. Right. Yeah, he's similar to you, really, in a lot of ways. You were that guy coming out in, in a lot of ways, like a safety linebacker hybrid. I, I want to ask you because, I mean, it's Super Bowl 55. It's Bucks Chiefs, and damn, you played against both of them, so I'd like to know. Mm -hmm. You know, give me your you know, your two cents on the Bucks and the Chiefs and what really stood out to you playing against them. Uh, just playing against Tom Brady, first of all. And um, I already knew playing against the Bucks. the Bucks were a good team. They just needed that one missing piece, and, and, and they got it. And you see what they're doing now with it. But 
I love playing against them, the great competition, and just playing against the Chiefs. You hear about Patrick Mahomes and, man, he's the best and all this stuff. And playing against them, you're like, man, this, this dude is good. Uh, <laughs> he has good players around him. And um, But that's a game I still wish we, we, we would have had. The the uh, the feeling about the Panthers going into the season was it's a rebuilding year. Records not going to be great, and you guys fought. You and uh, you you guys uh, played well week in and week out. Where did that fire come from? Where did that passion come from? To not just say this is kind of a scholarship year for everyone, but we're going to go out there and we're going to do our our best, and we're gonna we're gonna try to surprise some people. It came from the guys, but it also came from the coaching staff. Um, that's what it, they instilled in us from day one. Like, we're going to fight. We're going to play hard-nosed football. We're going to go from first quarter to fourth quarter. We're going to be the most physical team in the NFL. And and that's what we believed in, and that's what we could see. You could see the potential and what we have. You can see the players and what we have. It's not like we have big names, but we have guys that are going to go out there and play. 60 minutes of football. Yeah, I actually that I wanted to go there because I, that is I think the impre- you got a lot of like physically freaky guys on your team that are not household names yet. You, Derek Brown, you talked about Jeremy Chin, and DJ Moore, Curtis Samuel, like McCaffrey. I that I I want you to answer that. Like who is the the freakiest athlete on the team to Shaq Thompson? You can't name yourself either. But give us that guy you think doesn't get enough credit as far as, you know, the mainstream ma- media. Uh, I think the whole team, honestly, uh, there's a lot of guys out there who do their, who does their assignment and does their job, but don't get enough recognition because somebody might have 10 tackles or something like that, or somebody might have a hundred yards, but it's really like the offensive lineman who held the DN, uh, all pro DN from not getting a sack or, or something like that. So I think a lot of guys are special in their whole different ways, but the pinpoint one guy, um, I would say, Last year, Curtis Samuel was one of those guys right. who really just stood out to everybody, but he didn't he didn't get enough in recognition in my eyes. <clears throat> Ron Rivera had been your coach for all of your career until this past year. Did you keep in, in much touch with him? Did you follow everything he went through? He had a ton of adversity, obviously overcame cancer. Uh, any communication with him? Any thoughts on him now that it's been a year since he's been gone? Um, I just wished him luck um, after they let him go. Um, then once I found out he had cancer, I kind of just told him there and I was like, keep your head up, coach, keep fighting. Um, but other than that, not really. Um, my coach is Coach Rule and I play for the Panthers. So that's that's where my head and mind is at. Walter Payton, NFL Man of the Year, the team's representative, one of the finalists for the prize. What does that mean to you personally? Uh, it, it means a lot because it's something that I don't do for the limelight. It's something that I don't do for media or something like that. It's something I do for my heart. And um, if it wasn't no cameras and nothing like that, I would love it. Um, but it comes with the tutorial of what I do. I love giving back, giving back to the community. Um, it's something that my mom taught us just growing up uh, before she passed away last year. Just give back, open up your home, open up your arms, and uh, let people come in because you know you don't know whose life you may change. Shaq, I'm sorry to hear about your mom. Uh, that's always a very, very difficult thing to go through, and we wish you the best moving forward. I'm sure she'd be extremely proud of yep. where you are right now, especially as a Walter Payton NFL Man of the Year finalist. And uh, we wish you the best. We look forward to talking to you down the road, pal. Appreciate that, man. You guys have a good one. You too. You're the man, Shaq. All right. All right. See there you. he is, Shaq Thompson. Um, it's just the years go by so fast. Like, it's crazy, say, hey, right? He was, well, he was first round pick like just a year or two ago. Oh, wait, it was six years ago. I know. Holy crap. I, that's a, it's right. crazy. It's a it's a whirlwind. It's a whole whirlwind when it you're is, in that damn league. <laughs> it is a whirlwind. Let's take a break. We'll have more PFT live right after this. You said you'd take yourself over Tyree Kill in a foot race, and he seems like the type of player motivated by that type of talk. He racked up 203 yards in the first quarter the last time you guys scored off, so are you worried you've given him and some bulletin board material? No, I don't think so. Um, I mean, he can take that statement. They can take that statement any way um, they want to, but at the end of the day, I didn't mean any disrespect by it. Um, I gave him his credit. I, I said he's an unbelievable talent. Unbelievably fast, unbelievably, unbelievably quick, but um, I'm never going to, if you ever ask me, anybody ask me, hey, do you think you're passing somebody? The answer is going to be yes, because um, I, I believe in myself, I have confidence in myself. So I would love to race him, you know, see see who's faster. He's, like I said, on the show, he's unbelievable, unbelievably fast. 
uh, world-class speed, um, but I'll never turn down a challenge. I'd love to race him um, and let the best man win. Oh, Scotty. Scotty's got to work on that mustache a little bit. Tre Trevor Lawrence called and said, Scotty's got a pretty lame mustache. <laughs> <laughs> Boom. All right. Matchups for Super Bowl 55. We, we are, we are, <laughs> welcome, welcome in Trevor Lawrence. Um, tomorrow we're going to break down the game in, yeah. in much more exhaustive detail, but yes. today's draft, the matchup draft for Super Bowl 55, I'll give you the first pick. Okay. Thank you very much. Uh, definitely. And Scotty Miller, he is fast. There's no doubt, but you're not as fast as Tyree Kill. I, I think um, the first one I got to go with is just the Chiefs O-line versus the Bucks front four. Just right there. That that to me, it's it's one of the hugest stories of the football game. Yeah, listen, Tampa can't blitz Patrick Mahomes. You can't blitz him. They blitzed him the first time around, and he torched them every time they did it. Right, Pete? I talked about it in my podcast. I think he was 6-for-9 against the blitz for like 120-something yards and two touchdowns. You can't do it. The, the extra guy you send on the blitz, no. Leave him back to cover Tyree Kill, who burned you for 200 yards in the first quarter. They can't. The front four, they got all these guys. If they want to win this game, it's going to have to be like Giants against the Patriots, you know, or Giants beating the Buffalo Bills back in the day. Only thing is you got a quarterback here that can move and make people miss. But that is the matchup of the game for me, and the Bucks have to win it and have to dominate it, I think, in a way almost to win the football game. You think about the Giants-Patriots from the 2007 season, the game that kept the Patriots from getting to 19-0, and and to me it's that – that opportunity for Tom Brady to get a little revenge against the guy who drew up the defense, Steve Spagnuolo versus Tom Brady, and Steve Spagnuolo's got the guys to get after Tom Brady. Chris Jones up the middle. That's the key, up the middle. Brady knows how to avoid the pressure on the outside. When it's coming up the middle, there isn't much he can do. So Spagnuolo versus Brady, 13 years later, Brady gets his shot at revenge, Chris. Yeah, I, I, I hear you. The, the Brady versus Spags mental matchup where – Hey, honestly, Spags has got the better of them. There, there's, there's no doubt. He got the better of them earlier this year. Hey, Tampa got into success in that game when the Chiefs were up 17-0. The, the Chiefs took the, the pedal off the metal and got into these real vanilla defenses for a while and let the Tampa offense get jump-started and going. But when they were exotic and blitzing, uh, there was some crapping of the pants going on by the Buccaneers offense. And that's where I'm going to go to for the next one. I'm going back to the, the Bucks O-line versus the Chiefs D-line. The Bucks got to run the ball in this game. They have to. The more and more I look at this game, I think the Bucks almost have to play this game like the Giants in Super Bowl 25. It really is that way. It's stop that pass game, run the ball, control the clock. And I, that's the one thing they didn't do or put their money in the first time around. I think running the ball is going to be paramount to them beating Spags, stopping some of his trickeration on that. The running game will settle down some of his exotic defenses. You know, we, we talk about Tyree Kill and Travis Kelsey and how do you take one away? How do you take both away? You can't take both away. The Bills took neither away. Devin White versus Travis Kelsey. I think that's going to be such a key matchup here. Getting Devin White in his face. Maybe, you know, just – just giving him a little bit of the business early on. Give him something to think about. Maybe he'll drop a pass or two because he's thinking, where's Devin White? And we've seen him from time to time who have that uncharacteristic moment where the ball squirts out of his hands. You want to maybe get him into that mindset where he makes a mistake or two and starts thinking too much. So White versus Kelsey, that may be the recipe to slow down that aspect of the Kansas City offense. Yeah, I I, I hear you there. I, I do. I mean, that's that's going to be one of the things to watch for. Kansas City does such a good job of moving Kelsey and Hill around and then also putting them on the same side of the field sometimes to where it's hard to double them and do crazy stuff. It really is. So that'll be interesting to see what they do in defending him and will they trust Devin White. I I'm going to go with like a similar thing to you there, Mike. I'm going to go with Carlton Davis versus Tyree Kill. Yeah, I mean, I hope – He's not in as many one-on-one -on -one opportunities as he was the first time around against Tyree Kill. Um, but, that, again, there's going to be a few plays, no matter much how much they try to protect him, where he's going to be by himself to a degree. And how he does in those one-on-one -on -one moments, I do think goes a long way to dictating who wins the game and by how much. 
Now, look, I, I, this one duplicates one of yours, but it's more specific because one of the things that, that I got the biggest kick out of this week was JPP versus the guy who he doesn't know, Mike <laughs> yeah, Remmers. Right. Now, now Pierre Paul's still got to play. He's the only guy that didn't practice yesterday for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He's got that knee injury. Yeah. The rest of the guys practiced, at least on a limited basis. He didn't practice. But JPP versus Mike Remmers, when you think back to Super Bowl 50, with Mike Remmers getting owned by the Broncos pass rush. This could be this could be deja vu all over again in a bad way for Mike Remmers, Chris. No, it, it's it's a scary thing. The the only that's where I mean it's the matchup to watch, but what's different is like what Calais Campbell talked about. You got a quarterback who's a magician back there who makes pressure look make makes it look like it's not pressure. It's uh, we've never seen anything like it. So that's where it's going to be really fun to watch. All right, we're going to take a quick break. When we return, amateur meteorology time. The forecast for Sunday. Will it rain? Will it storm? I want to talk fumbles into the end zone. No, well, I don't. (laughs) We'll PFT Live right after this. Uh, You like watching. Appreciate you having me. Chris, getting, getting an early start spreading COVID last year in Miami. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> he said, no, no, don't say that. Uh, look at our guests coming up uh, today and tomorrow. Stephon Diggs, Evan Smith, Aaron Jones, Kirk Cousins, Derek Henry. Florio's QB, baby. Look at that. Kirk, Kirk Cousins. Cousins. Florio's QB. That's, that's tonight on PFTPM. Shereen Williams and I will be talking to Kirk Cousins. We got Stephon Diggs, Emmett Smith, and Aaron Jones coming up here in a little while. We'll we'll tape those, and you'll be able to find those wherever you can find our clips and our content. Weather forecast, 64 degrees for Super Bowl Sunday. Scattered thunderstorms, 30% chance of rain. I saw something today they expect the weather to clear out, Chris, yeah. before the game starts. I bet you the Bucks are a little disappointed in that. 64 degrees. I bet you they were hoping it was going to be the mid-80s and hot, and maybe the Chiefs would kind of melt a little bit. But, uh... You know, I just don't want to see rain. I don't want to see rain. I want to see Brady and Mahomes be able to throw lasers and not have the weather involved in it. Well, it's here three days away. And, oh, by the way, tune in tomorrow. Chris is actually working on a Friday. Blasphemy. What is this crap? See you tomorrow. (laughs) See ya. (laughs) Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So... No, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. The legends are true. But overwhelming power. The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Donald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last.